Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration continuing with Daily Spawn. Today, we're up to issue number 31. Uh, for those who maybe are jumping on and don't realize uh, or haven't been with us for a while, yeah, Rocky's uh, got some family stuff he's taking care of right now. So I'm flying solo on this for now, but he should be back really, really soon. So let's go ahead and dive into issue 31, which features the return of the redeemer uh or should i say anti-spawn uh but he goes by a new name now uh the redeemer which is the the current name if you're reading the current um spawn universe stuff or like scorched or what have you or if you've been a fan of spawn for a while yeah uh, i guess they figured that uh, redeemer was a better name maybe it kind of distanced him from spawn just a, a little bit so written by todd mcfarland art by greg capullo and todd mcfarland tom orzakowski on letters and Steve Olaf handling the colors. So uh, it starts off Spawn's sitting in the dark, uh, kind of brooding. We're not exactly sure where he is. He's thinking about his last encounter with Wanda. You know, it seems like whenever he has downtime, his thoughts definitely turn to his ex-wife, which is not unsurprising considering the sacrifice that he made to, uh, to return for her. Um, and he's thinking about how scared she was and how... Uh, she feared him and, and rejected him and he's just not sure um, what to do. And, and he's also thinking about the costume, right? Like he just recently, and we didn't cover it because it was an Angela miniseries, but we probably will at some point, but his costume was, was really damaged. We saw the last couple of issues and he's down in the American Southwest or South rather uh, Alabama and whatnot. And, you know, his costume, especially the Cape is just not what it used to be. So, um, on the next page, we see that he, he actually hitched a ride on a train because we know he, he was walking for quite a while. Obviously, it's going to take a long time to walk from South uh, United States all the way to, to New York, but he was able to jump on a train and like, hitch a ride with a bunch of other, uh, how, how does McFarland put it, a sea of homeless humanity. So as the, the train stops, I tons of guys getting off, which seems a little far-fetched to me. Um, I mean, yeah, there are hobos or whatever you want to call them guys that ride the rails um not as common anymore these days uh was more common back in the 90s when this came out but even then i mean it's like practically a, a passenger train but anyway, it's a, it's a little nitpick um but as spawn returns another thing that kind of dates this issue as spawn returns to new york he's looking up at the uh, the skyline of the twin towers at the world trade center which you know obviously we all know what happened uh, in 2001. So uh, it's interesting though, because we're told by McFarland, this city that Spawn once hated or Al Simmons once hated is now his haven. It now feels like home. And so he immediately heads for his, uh, his alleys, right? His, his area. Um, and the fact that he thinks of that as home and feels like that's what he missed. That's what he's homesick for. It's very, very interesting. He has found a place where he, he belongs, even if these, you know, friends of his, these other homeless aren't, you know, exactly in a position to help him out in his war against heaven or uh, his fight against Mount Bolgia. Uh, they're loyal. They do care about him. And sure enough, when he gets back to the alley where his, uh, his throne is that they built for him, there's Bobby and Bootsy. Bobby, probably the one that's closest to him, uh, the one that Spawn's confided in the most and the one that Spawn used some of his power to raise from the dead. They're both there. They're talking about Al and 
and how they miss them. And it's it's sort of a heartfelt scene. It gives some good context as Spawn sneaks around and scares them. And they're actually really happy to see him, which is, uh, it's, it's kind of touching in a way, you know? Um, yes, Spawn has protected them and protected the alleys against various dangers, but part of the reason the dangers exist is because of Spawn. Um, and Bobby even kind of mentions that uh, a little bit in a second here. Uh, but either way, uh, Spawn is back where he belongs in the alley, but you do notice that his cape is still, it hasn't healed. It's, it's not back to its normal uh, appearance. So meanwhile, not far away, we see the, uh, the building that's the headquarters of, of heaven on earth, as it were. When last we saw, uh, Gabrielle was in charge, but now apparently because of things that happened in the Angela miniseries, she's been relieved of her duty. And now Raphael, a new angel has been uh, put in charge and she's getting asking for a status update. She's getting the status update from the orbital station, and she wants to to know what's going on. And they uh, have they first of all have they chosen another subject? They tell her that they have, and then they she asks what, what's the status on on the scanning, you know? Um, and they say there's actually three. There's three spawns or three um, signals although two of them are very weak. So not sure why, why that is at this point. So when she hears that, she says, okay, you know, what are you talking about? Are we talking about a partial spawn, a new spawn? And they're like, well, we're not sure. We haven't, we haven't seen this sort of thing before, but they are all within a, a very small radius um, in New York. And when Raphael hears that, she's like, wait, right in my backyard. Okay. Are you ready to deploy the, you know, the new soldier? And they say, yeah, sure. Um, you know, we, we've picked uh, somebody who we think will be able to tolerate the, the elemental fire better. They will embrace it. They won't fight against it. Um, they say we've decommissioned uh, the first soldier, which we know to have been Jason Wynn. Um, and so we see the, the Redeemer anti-spawn costume there. And they, uh, they're about to basically uh, bond a new a new person with that. And we'll see that in a second, but we do get a quick interlude here with uh, Terry Fitzgerald, some great art on this page, the, the facial expression uh, of Terry from, from Greg, I think is top notch. Um, and he's trying to, again, he's, or still, he's trying to track down why Jason Wynn was trying to frame him. Um, but all the files that he needs to get access to every time he tries, whatever, no matter what route he tries, it's access denied, which it's kind of interesting, you know, and I, I know computer systems were different back then and people didn't necessarily have knowledge of them. But I mean, if a file is, is like encrypted and locked down, like he's, he's trying all these different ways to get to it. There's really only one way to get to a file on a, on a system, unless the information is stored in numerous places, um, you know, more than one place. But anyway, again, early times in, in the, the world of computers relatively. So um, he thinks there's only one option left to him because he doesn't have the necessary security clearance, what he needs to do is he needs to be transferred into Jason Wynn's uh, department, which is, you know, kind of like going into the, the lion's den, if you will. So meanwhile, back in the alley, uh, Bobby's talking to Spawn and he's, he's uh, talking to him about what I mentioned earlier about how, um, how things have been quiet and in his mind, kind of boring now that Spawn's been, been gone. Um, and the, that's both good and bad. And then Spawn's like, well, what do you mean? He says, well, a lot of the guys, 
you know, they, they were just, they're a little paranoid and they're glad that things are, are quiet and they're, they're blaming the excitement that we've had and the troubles that we've had on the fact that, that you're here. Um, but there's a lot of other guys like me and Bootsy and whatnot that like, you know, you, you've protected us. Bobby's like, you, you gave me my life back. Of course, I'm, I'm never going to turn my back on you. You know, I'm always going to be your guy, but I, I do wish you, you hadn't left without saying anything. And Spawn's like, well, I, I didn't have a choice. Like I got dragged off by a bunch of angels into this fight between heaven and hell. And um, after that, you know, after this fight in heaven, they just dumped me in the South and I, I didn't want to use up any of my limited power um, to get back here. So I, I've been walking, um, but you, you got to understand that, that it's not just me that's causing all this havoc. Like there's, there's a lot of people whose lives are out of control. I mean, even, even the angels that I w- recently encountered, even they're not in control of their own lives, you know, not children. And he's thinking back to the kids who are being abused by their father. Um, and he's thinking back to the, the Ku Klux Klan and the uh, blacks that they were uh, harassing and whatnot. So kind of a little bit of exposition going back to the previous few issues, although it does seem like in this issue, in the last couple of issues, McFarlane hasn't given us a, a recap of the entire series or, or the origin of, of Spawn. It's, it's been a while. And so it, it does seem like he's getting better at being less expositional. Um, but anyway, as the conversation continues, uh, Bootsy's asking him, what, what's the deal with your cape, right? It, it doesn't seem very impressive anymore. It really, you know, it, it used to really be something. It used to be big and billowing and um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't, you know, like it looks like there's something wrong with it basically. And Spawn's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure why it hasn't recovered. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've recovered, but for whatever reason, the, the Cape hasn't. And then he asks about his, uh, his warning sign that he had left, you know, he had left the curse as he calls him um, basically pinned up on the wall and he's not there anymore. And the guys are like, yeah, we're not really sure what happened, um, but he must've been in a hurry because he didn't even like take all of his parts with him. So I think that's kind of funny um, that he, he puts it that way. So anyway, um, not sure what's going on with Sponscape. We did notice it in the last couple of, uh, of issues that it, it didn't look like it was uh, its normal self. Uh, but as we turn the page, we're checking out a soup kitchen. We learn about this guy, Phil Temper, who is uh, a social worker. He's won awards for his work with the homeless. We find out that uh, in his early life, in his juvenile life, he was uh, in and out of juvenile detention facilities. Uh, and once when he was in there, he uh, he found the Lord, as it were, and became a very strong man of faith. And that led him down the path of becoming a social worker and completely turning his life around. And like I said, he's won awards for his uh, his uh, determination to help the homeless. And he's very devout. And as it turns out, that uh, that faith is what is going to allow him to accept that elemental fire, uh, apparently much more so than Jason Wynn did. So I, I like this choice of Phil Temper, even though I feel bad for the guy, but I like this choice of Phil Temper more than uh, than Jason Wynn in a lot of ways. Because it makes so much more sense. Jason Wynn doesn't even believe in God. So it, for him, it was all about, okay, he, he was a f- supposedly physically fit um, and maybe somebody they felt was mentally malleable in a lot of ways. Um, 
this guy's got faith. This guy's got belief. So it makes a lot more sense to me that, that he would be chosen. So uh, disappears in a, in a flash of lightning. He, they take him up to the, the orbital station and we see these, uh, these angels or whatnot infusing him with the power. Uh, then we get uh, the familiar three talking heads that we've seen throughout the series. Uh, the lady from CNN giving her version of this guy disappearing. Same thing with the, the guy from the entertainment television talking about this, uh, this good Samaritan who's um, won awards before for his work with the homeless. Uh, and then we've got the right wing guy now on KRDF 68 viewers forum. And he's talking about how this, you know, the world is crazy. Bam out of left field. Another New Yorker just disappears in the middle of a soup kitchen and nobody can give him any answers. And the NYPD will give it about the same attention as a stolen car radio in Times Square uh, because the politicians don't really care about the little guy. Uh, he said, God, God bless us, everyone, basically. So meanwhile, at the NYPD gym, we see uh, Sam and Twitch talking about what to do about Chief Banks and uh Sam's like, well, I, you know, I, I sort of already sent a message and sure enough in chief bank's office, we see that he's received an on, uh, anonymous note that basically lets him know that somebody knows what he did uh, in regards to Billy Kincaid. Somebody knows that he uh, worked with Jason Wynn to kidnap the child of the Senator that they wanted to put uh, pressure on. So as soon as he sees the note, he calls somebody and uh, he says, this is Banks. Get me Jason Wynn now. So, uh, you know, as soon as he's threatened, he's going to uh, the guy he thinks has the power to to help save him or protect him from whoever is is threatening to um, to reveal the secret. So, meanwhile, back in the alley, Spawn uh, is is feeling more at home. He's kind of looking over his people, I guess you'd say, um, his children is how he thinks of them. Um, and again, just sort of reacclimating himself to being back to, to uh, the place that he considers home. And then, then he feels this, uh, how, does it, how do they put it? He feels a spark, uh, the chains from his costume uh, start pulling him toward uh, an unknown destination. It's about three blocks away. So he goes sprinting in that direction and it's a familiar sensation that he uh, that he feels and as he rounds the corner there he sees uh anti-spawn and anti-spawn is has captured um has captured bobby and he's asking about the signal he's like well why do you why do you have this signal you know it, it's very weak um but it's clear there's been a necroplasm transferal from the hell spawn uh and bobby's like what are you talking about i'm not spawn and uh, an anti-spawn's like, well, yes, I know that, but you you have some of his power, uh, you know, not enough to be a threat, um, but this is something we need to investigate. And he calls up to the station to be teleported up there. Um, and again, they they refer to anti-spawn as as redeemer. Um, so when Spawn sees this, obviously he he does not want to lose Bobby again, and so he, he jumps out of the shadows, says, "Leave Bobby alone. This is between you and me, anti-spawn." And when he calls him anti-spawn, he, he says, no, my name is Redeemer. So again, we're, we're clearly, um, it, it clearly it's been rebranded. This character has been rebranded. McFarlane must have liked the name Redeemer better. Um, but unfortunately, Spawn is 
even though it's been weeks, uh, he's still not fully recovered. He's still in a weakened state and he doesn't have the costume at uh, full health either, as it were. Um, so we know that it was almost an even fight between Spawn and, and what was anti-Spawn and, and it's now called Redeemer the first time around. We know that this version, the second soldier, this Phil Temper in his Redeemer uh, state is even more powerful, like more able to embrace the elemental fire, right? That's what we've been told. So he's more than a match for Spawn. Um, and it, it takes him out pretty quickly, actually. Um, so Spawn thinks, well, I have one chance to save Bobby. And he basically goes frontal assault on uh on the redeemer and the redeemer blows a giant hole in in spawn's chest and spawn's kind of laying there so all the other homeless guys have heard the commotion and they come running and they're commenting on the giant hole in in spawn's chest so here here's what's interesting though he says you know that the hole is not new right it's okay he's like curse blew this hole in me a while back and i i didn't want to waste any power fixing it so the costume just like closed up over it so that that's interesting right and we know that and we've speculated that spawn hasn't wanted to heal his face because he still has the the shoelace stitching it together um and now we find out he's not even replacing the giant hole in his chest like that's that's just weird in a lot of ways but i get it right like he's trying to hang on to every little point of energy um that he has uh but man, he's getting his butt kicked a lot. You know, he definitely seems weaker than he's been in the past. Um, so as he's laying there, all of a sudden, what's left of the cape starts lashing out at um, at, the, at the homeless guys. And Spawn tells everybody to run. He's like, oh, my God, the, the cape is out of control. It, it's still in shock. It hasn't been able to heal. Um, and it can't even tell friend from foe right now. So it's just it's lashing around like a. A wild animal facing death is the way McFarland puts it, you know, a wild animal that's been sort of backed into a corner as it were. So uh, we see a little while later, Spawn is, is recovering. There's some signs of life. We get a, a little graphic of how much power he has left. Six, nine, seven, one. I think the last time we saw it, it was seven, zero, one, two. Um, but it looks like the Cape is, is starting to heal in some way. And sure enough, it begins to move. It begins to grow. Um, it's not just the little tendrils anymore. Um, and when we get a look at the last page, even though most of Spawn is in shadow, uh, it says the costume lives again. And we're, uh, it says next issue, a new look. So um, even when we do see the parts of the cape that aren't in shadow, it's still, you know, it doesn't look like it looked before. And that's part of probably what they're saying with a new look. Um, you know, it still has holes in it and whatnot. So it's almost like this living entity that is this symbiotic costume has managed to regenerate itself, but it, it's not the same as it was previously. You know, it's, it's done something. There's, there's some reason it was able to regenerate some of itself, but not all of itself, you know, maybe think of it as uh, it's been scarred now and it can't, you know, it's, it's gotten enough energy. Maybe that's why the, the energy, uh, counter changed from 7012 uh, to the, what was it, 6971, um, um, because he's, Spawn's allowed 
the, the costumes, he used a little bit of his energy to, to heal itself, but not enough to fully heal itself. Or as I said, maybe it's just scarred um, from uh, all the, all the damage that it's been, um, that it's been experiencing recently. So uh, how Spawn's going to rescue Bobby? How's he going to save him from the orbital station? Um, is there going to be friction between Spawn and, uh, you know, some of the other homeless because Bob, you know, Bobby was really Spawn's champion, like like we've talked about uh, in terms of telling the other homeless guys how much Alan has helped them and how much he's their friend. And, you know, he talked about, hey, you saved me before. You're, you always have my back. I would never desert you. Um, but now Bobby's gone. So Spawn doesn't have that advocate among the homeless. Plus, there at the end, after the battle with Redeemer, Spawn's costume was actually attacking the homeless guys, right? So that can't make them happy. And we wonder, Hey, how's that going to play out? Uh, the other aspects of it, what's going to happen with, uh, with chief banks and uh, reaching out to Jason Wynn, which to me, like I get why you do that. But at the same time, if I'm chief banks, I mean, I hope chief banks has something on Jason Wynn, right? Cause it, I mean, if you're Jason Wynn, we've seen how unscrupulous he is. If you're Jason Wynn and banks calls you up and says, Hey, somebody's got some, some evidence linking me to uh, being involved with this, this kidnapping and killing of the Senator's kid. If I'm win, I'm going to just have chief banks taken out. Right. I, I don't want there to be any link, like blame it on chief banks, make it look like a suicide or whatever. Hey, banks was a cop. He did this terrible thing. He, he killed himself out of guilt or, or, you know, not wanting to be prosecuted or whatever. But, you know, if you're chief banks, I feel like if you reach out to Jason, Wynn, you're putting yourself in danger by letting Jason Wynn know that you're a weak link, right? That you're a threat to, you know, possibly lead back to him. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll see how that all that all plays out. Um, and, and obviously Terry Fitzgerald going into the lion's den, as I said, working for Wynn. So Wynn continues to be uh, a pretty big part of the story, even if he is a lot in the background in the last couple issues. Haven't seen much of the mob or the mafia aspect. And then obviously the FBI CIA angle is, is completely flipped on its head with, uh, with Terry Fitzgerald now kind of having the agency um, to sort of investigate and, and find out what's going on. Nothing about Spawn's identity uh, being Al Simmons and uh, Terry and Wanda trying to discover that in, in this issue. So a little shifting a little bit back further toward the, the heaven versus hell uh, narrative, the, the uh, impending war between the two, which is what uh, the return of a hell spawn on earth sort of signals, as we've been told before. So uh, good issue. Art was fantastic. You know, there's a couple of pages there where I just love and, and not even necessarily big action pages, right? Like that page where it's just Terry Fitzgerald working on the computer, like the expression on his face, like you can sense the anger and the frustration. It's so plain in the way that uh, that McFarlane and Capullo rendered uh, Terry Fitzgerald's facial expression. So just fantastic. Really, really great art, great colors. Uh, I'm glad that we've, we've seen the return of anti-spawn or redeemer. Um, and I do think I like the name redeemer more than anti-spawn. Um, it's just, it feels more biblical, right? Um, Cause spawn short for hell spawn. Anti-hell spawn doesn't make a lot of, doesn't feel like that's a name that, you know, heaven would use, but redeemer does, uh, does work a lot better. So we'll see how long the second uh, uh, wielder 
of the elemental fire last, this, this Phil temper, will he be able to handle it? Will he burn out? Will he have any, um, any episodes where he has any sort of memory or recalls who he was for his previous life? Like all that's still very much up in the air. Um, Cause really what it seems like is when these redeemers show up, it's basically a point and shoot weapon for uh, the powers of heaven on earth, you know, from that orbital platform, just, um, you know, find what they want, send it out on the mission. And uh, that leads me to my final question, which they said there were three, there were three uh, signals, right? One normal signal, two very weak ones. A normal one, obviously being Al Simmons. Second one makes sense that it was Bobby because Al, you know, shot him up with his uh, energy to resurrect him. But what's the, what's the third, right? I, I can't remember Spawn having shared his power with anyone else. So who's what's this third signal, this other really weak signal? Um, that's a question that still needs to be answered as well. So maybe we'll find that out next issue. So uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Um, we really appreciate you joining us. You guys really seem to be enjoying the daily spawns. Uh, apologize that I'm not getting them out as as uh, early as I would like. You know, normally I like to drop them at 6 a.m. Eastern time, trying to get caught up. Um, the stuff with Rocky's family really threw us for a loop. So um, really hoping by Friday of this week I can um, – I can drop Friday's episode on time at 6 a.m. Um, the Wednesday one's coming out super late. The Thursday one I'm hoping to put out midday Thursday, and then hopefully Friday I can uh, I can drop it at the regular time. Um, the other thing that's been taking up a lot of my time is I've been doing a lot of interviews, so it, it's a really good problem to have to be as busy as I am with the with the podcast. So uh, we've had some fantastic interviews and more to come. Um, so I'm hoping to do a lot more interviews because you guys seem to really enjoy those as well. Um, but it, yeah, it is putting a little kink in, uh, in the system here, especially with me having to, to run everything solo. So appreciate everybody's understanding, uh, and appreciate you guys enjoying the, the daily spawn, not giving up on it yet, not missing any days yet, but, uh, hopefully we, I can get a little bit ahead, um, this weekend and, and we'll see how that all plays out. And obviously, you know, really hoping Rocky gets back, uh, to join us soon. So anyway, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. We really appreciate you guys joining us and we'll talk to you next time. You can find the comic source podcast on Spotify, Apple podcast, Stitcher, Google play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.